when did you fall in love with like women in hip hop? And that song that you just heard was Feeling Myself by Gloss Up. Have you guys ever heard the song before? I hadn't heard the song before. I actually haven't heard it either. Do you guys listen to Gloss Up? I know you do, Brie, but do you listen to Gloss Up, Shelby? I do, not super frequently, but I've listened to some of her music before. Okay, what do we think of the song? Because this was my pick. Um, so, like, what we do, like, at the beginning of every episode, just to, like, let you know. We always like do like a fun or not fun, but just like a song by like an up and coming female rapper that we mm-hmm. love. Like, okay, but what did you guys think of the song? I want to know. Yeah, um, I thought it was cool. Um, it was on her like most recent album that she um, had released. So the I did Shades remember- of Gloss, or I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I didn't remember it listening it um, when I first listened to the album, but I thought it was cool. I have like never heard it. I don't know. I have been out oh, of really? the loop, so I don't. Yeah. Know, yeah, I don't know what it's like. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this song. I don't know why. I just love her energy, and mm-hmm. I love another song named "Feeling Myself" that kind of I think also lives up to mm-hmm. uh, "Feeling Myself." You know, yeah. mm-hmm. so I love that. And welcome everybody to another episode of Where My Girls At, and we're joined by a very special guest. Welcome, Shelby Stewart. Um, so I have this like bio that Shelby wrote, so I'm gonna read that. Um, give me one minute. <clears throat> okay, Shelby Stewart is a journalist based in Houston, Texas, where she covers art and culture. When she's not writing, you can find her fueling her passion project, the Houston Hip Hop Museum, a local nonprofit she started in 2020. Since its inception, the business has grown exponentially having worked with major brands such as Nike, Universal Music Group, and Def Jam. She enjoys championing her hometown of Houston whenever she can and expressing the city's influence within culture. Now, Brianna is also from Dallas. I was like, don't fight me. I'm from (laughs) Dallas, okay? I actually, like, contrary to popular belief, I actually really love Dallas. Okay, awesome. So we're we're getting on the right foot. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, First of all, we're so excited to have you. Um, Again, I know I just said that, but thank you so much for coming on. I think the work you do is so, so cool and so important. And we're so happy to have you here chatting with us. So the way that we do this, like I told you in the email, we always just start with like hot topics, just like fun things. We don't have to go through everything. There's like a ton of stuff on this list. Mm-hmm. Not all of it's important. Uh, but we should start. Let's, let's hop on in and get into some mm-hmm. hot topics. Let's do it. Um, okay. So Sexy Red is pregnant again. All right. Do you think it's straight? Another... <laughs> okay, enough. <laughs> it's not fucking drinks, baby. I just, I just watched the TikTok and there's like, Listen, the signs are clear on her most recent interview. She's like, listen, what are you doing with Greg? She's like, we've been, we've been getting it in. You know what? I don't know if it's just, she's just talking, but There's we'll no see. fucking way this is Drake's baby. There's no fucking way this is Drake's baby. Let's just be very, very, very clear. Um, but one thing I do love, because I hate like the rhetoric when like a woman is pregnant and she's having like all the success and they're like, oh my God, you're going to ruin your career and stuff like that. Because remember when Cardi B got mm-hmm. pregnant with mm-hmm. culture 
And everybody was like, why would you do that? You're going to, oh my God. And then like, look at her now. Look at her now. I think that like, when you think about Sexy Red and her music and just like who we've been introduced to who she is, like as a person, like a personality, I guess you could say, because we don't know her personally. Right. Um, Sexy Red is very like reminiscent of a lot of, like if you're Black and you got like family members, I guess, you know, still living in the hood, you know, yes. and yes. stuff like that. She's reminiscent of like your cousin and kind of, she comes off as a woman where like pregnancy won't phase her. Not like, at all. Like she's taking this on the chin and she's going to keep moving. Like pregnancy yeah. is like, she's just going to keep on trucking. I don't think that, um, obviously, you know, women getting pregnant, the notion that like, you know, it kind of slows your life down. Mm-hmm. I don't think that applies to sexy red. hundred percent. She just started a tour. She just started her tour. Like beyond even the music though, just like her personality in yeah. general, like yeah. pregnancy is like a blip on the radar. Like, For sure. Totally. Yeah, totally. And let me tell you, it came at the perfect time because now look at how like successful she is, you know? Mm-hmm. She, can, yeah. she can take care of all the kids, okay? She can have as many as she wants. So, oh, yeah. you know, congratulations to her and that baby. Something else. So Megan the Stallion, who is time. I am, we are hotties, like, down. <laughs> like, the room, yeah. and the room, we stand Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And, like, to know that she's, like, has a new project coming that she's called, she says this is only act one. And she was posting a ton of Instagram pictures of like snakes and things. And people mm-hmm. are saying this symbolizes like rebirth and all these like really fun things. And then she mm-hmm. got on Instagram live and is like, this project is completely self-funded. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not coming from her label or anybody. I want to know what do you guys think about this? Like, what are we expecting from a new Megan Thee Stallion project? Um, as somebody from Houston, I think my expectation is that she's able, because it's fully funded by herself, she doesn't have a label right now, I hope she's really able to kind of get back to her Southern roots. Mm. Obviously, she's a megastar at this point, and, you know, creative yeah, direction true. is creative direction. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, you guys said, like, you're hotties, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I fell in love with Tina Snow. And and the only reason why I like bring that up is because it's like when you think about Megan, she's created so many different like personas. Like there was Sugar, there Mm -hmm. was um I don't even remember Hydro Meg. Yeah. Like Tina Snow is Mm -hmm. probably like the sound that's most adjacent to like that southern rap. Feel, right. Um, still like very like Houston coded. Mm-hmm. And so like I was a day, day, day one fan. Yes. And mm-hmm. I love to hear her bring that sound back yes. full circle. That's something I personally would like. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah, definitely like plus one to Tina Snow. I always talk about how like that album is my favorite album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly, I didn't interpret it as an, uh, a music album because I know she's like also expressed interest in being able to do like mm-hmm. multimedia. So I thought yeah. she, and she loves Halloween. So I was like, oh, maybe she's doing like, uh, like a short film or something like that. Could be. So that's what I, that's the way that I interpreted like her message. It, it completely could be. I'm hoping it's an album. I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, I want her to go back to these, her Tina Snow roots. 
I also love, but I also love the way that she's grown as an artist. I love the way that mm-hmm. like lyrically she's just become much more sophisticated. I just love I so I want I want like to see like what is the next phase for Megan Thee Stallion. You know? Mm-hmm. Like I definitely want her to go back to those southern roots because like I feel like she's been creeping toward that, you know? Maybe not mm-hmm. with this like most recent song that she released with Cardi B, but even before that, like something for I, the hotties. Like I felt that. Yeah. Okay, on something for the hotties, she has a song with Lil Kiki on it and yes. that felt Southside, very, what was it, Southside yeah. Forever or something? I think so, yeah. And I then, love that. That felt very like Houston. Like I love when she kind of like dips back into that bag. And like yeah. I said, like I know she's like on such a global platform now. Yeah, but right. As like a Houston native, and we're the same age. Like I, we all Megan. are. <laughs> so, I loved Megan when I was in college because that right. was my first. Yep. Like was introduced to her, like mm-hmm. through the freestyles, through the ciphers that she was doing. Yep. And like I, she's one of those artists that I felt like I really grew with. Yeah. You know? So, um, knowing that, like. I was introduced to her when, like, very early, early aughts, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so even before Tina Snow was Make It Hot, that right. was like an EP that she dropped before yes. then. Yes, I remember um, that. Yeah, like, those are, like, my earliest introductions of her. And yeah. I don't want to be, like, the fan of an artist that is kind of, like, stuck in that arrested development phase where right. I don't mm-hmm. want to see her grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, I loved... Yes. And honest, like, and just speaking like transparently, um, what was a fever mm-hmm. took a minute to grow on me, but she was okay. always introducing like hot girl Meg. Like eventually, yeah. like I grew to love it. When I first yeah, heard yeah. it, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I oh. yeah. So, no, yeah. I totally get that. I get that. Yeah, I feel like I felt that way about good news more <laughs> than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I felt that way about good news. Trauma scene, I really liked. Mm-hmm. I know you, Brianna, wasn't that a huge fan. I, I, I think something I've kind of been able to take note of when it comes to Megan Thee Stallion, as tumultuous as everything has been with the labels that she's been tied to, yeah, all of her rollouts have felt very rushed to me. Yes. And, um, I've in I Traumazine has some good songs on it. It's not my favorite project collectively. Yeah. Same. Um, but you notice with Sugar, Good News, Traumazine, like I think she was doing these projects ultimately to get out of the deal. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. To put the music out there. Yeah. And it's like again back to to bring it full circle. I like I'm very much looking forward to her being on her own in this way. Absolutely. Because I would love to see what she's able to do with the music alone yeah. by herself. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that you. I'm sorry. Wait. Go go ahead, Brianna. What were oh you no, say? I was gonna say like you know speaking of being rushed. I Wait, mean... are we about to go to the same thing? <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Okay. Yeah. I love no. how we're just connected. We're in scene. Speaking, speaking <laughs> of rushed, so the City Girls are dropping a new album mm-hmm. this Friday. It's Raw, which stands for Real Ass Whores. Um, and I've been ready. Let me say, I've been ready for a new City Girls album for a minute. I was mm-hmm. hoping it was going to come in this past summer and it didn't. But mm-hmm. I want to know what you think. And I want to know also what you think, Brianna, about like how they announced it. Like they announced it during an interview at the BT Hip Hop Awards, and then they dropped a trailer for it, and then the album cover just dropped, and mm-hmm. now it's like okay, and the album's coming in two days. 
um, I, about this rollout. I want to know what you guys think about that. I feel like it was like, it's like someone texted them like 30 minutes before they went on stage and I was like, oh, don't forget to mention this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, I thought that it was going to be, like you said, coming in the summer. I'm afraid that the songs that are going to be on this album are going to be stale because Ooh. the last time that we got a City Girl project was what? In 2020. That was City on Lock. I don't know. That was know. the last City Girls project. I don't know. I feel like the because the, like the singles that they've released seem like they were kind of sitting in the vault for a little bit. So I'm like, I definitely kind of felt nervous. that way about the I'm, past few. Yeah, so I'm a little bit nervous because I think that their their songs are going to be a little bit outdated. But yeah. it just seems like rushed. Like I don't know what Q, uh, what is it QC is doing. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's their label, and I'm I'm also interested in that. But I want to know what. Shelby, what did you think about this? Or are you excited about well, do you listen to the City um, Girls? What's your I, what's your opinion? I do listen to the City Girls. Um, and I'm gonna say something a little unpopular. Uh, I guess similar to Sexy Red, I love seeing like this renaissance of women in rap, right? Of um, course. And I love that there are women in rap that are indicative and representing all of these different types of women and specifically black women right because yeah. mm-hmm. we are not monoliths no so i think there are a lot of women that see themselves in sexy red and that's why sexy is so popular right Absolutely. and i can say the same with city girls too yeah um unfortunately for me and as as we venture closer towards 30 yeah. red last whores like when i saw the title <laughs> i was just like i think like, come on, come on. It, it wasn't no, no, that. I know what it, you mean. I like, know. It wasn't yeah. even that. Because yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's not even like I, pro- I probably will still listen to this album. Well, yeah, I will at, be. At, <laughs> at face value, I was just like, am I aging out? Like, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. You yeah. know what? I felt the same way, unrelated, Un- mm-hmm. completely unrelated. But I was just saying this to myself when I tried to listen to Drake's latest album. I was like, I damn, listen am- to it. I was yeah. like, damn, am I, am I too old for Drake now? No, but mm-hmm. I like it with mm-hmm. you. Totally and, like, and the thing is, is like I love the city girls. Yeah, I love the city girls. I love the oh. is so different in how yes. they approach his fashion and art. I love. Them. I I think I love them as individual personalities, and I also Ooh. like the music too. Yes, right. I I just think like when I saw real ass chords, I was like, <laughs> like I think it it was more like inquiring minds want to know what yeah. the album is truly gonna be about, but a part of me is just like. I I don't know, and I think it's like for me, like I said, like so. There's a lot of music that was concentrated, like when I was in college, absolutely, like when I was in undergrad, and then when I was in grad school, and that was fine. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on here, but (laughs) this mayor, and it's crazy because it's like this is not to say that I am not still young and turned. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, like real ass horse and i think um like a sidestep from like this part of the conversation yeah um carisha told jason lee right that Mm -hmm. her daughter would never be a city girl and it's like i think about it and not even to be super deep philosophical or anything it's like your daughter will never be a city girl and you're feeding like millions of young girls like with this music and sometimes it's kind of like and it's like again I still love women in rap but absolutely 
my approach, especially like as a journalist, is that right. I, as much as I like love an artist or like an artist or listen to their music, yeah, no one is truly above critique. No, and not at all. And don't get me wrong, like, and especially again, you as a journalist too. That's so I, important. I, it is, and I think, like I said, like. Sexy Red and City Girls are women that are still representative of women that we know and have Hell seen yeah. and our cousins, sisters, aunties. Was like, me at one like, point, you know? And, <laughs> and so it's like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that there's a space for it. But mm-hmm. I think I've been able to be conscious enough to know it's like, yeah. this may not be mm-hmm. for me anymore. I agree. Right? Like, so, if there's a space agree. and time I agree. for you to... Have been there. I, yeah, I get that. You know, right. Yeah. You know what? I 100% agree with you. I I think my, where I feel kind of like, oh, you know, for them, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. I just don't think all is well, like at QC with the city mm-hmm. girls, you know, because I just think that with their, with the last album getting leaked, Mm-hmm. And then this album getting delayed and delayed and delayed, and then they're doing all this other stuff, and it's wonderful and it's amazing. And they, I feel like they want to release music together, um, and they want to release an album, but there's something that's happening that's like a disconnect. That's like they're like, you know, let's just put out these old, you know, throwaways from City on Lock. Let's put out these this old music, and it doesn't feel. I don't know if their heart is in it anymore. Uh, and I, I don't know if, if somebody at the at the label maybe is like whatever and is like feeling like they can push them to the side. I don't want to judge this project before I hear it, but I do find myself like, damn, I miss the old city girls a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to also, I don't want to do the thing to them where I'm like, they can never grow, their music can never change because I mm-hmm. love that. And I love how yeah. they become artists on their, in their own way and, and very like- different. That's similar to what I said about like having this like arrested development sort of like mentality about Megan. But there was something very like real and raw and authentic about City Girls when they first came out. Like the high pitched voices, the lyrics weren't all that great. But it's like you got like you like you understood it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know those girls. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that whatever this album is it's it's raw is the acronym and we can call it that 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 is what we're getting back to you know mm. at least in a way at I least a little so. bit you know what i mean yeah um so yeah we don't have to talk about that that happened so long ago okay let's talk about doja cat okay <laughs> every time okay so doja cat um she like posted i think it was on her instagram um herself in a photo uh, like a t-shirt um and on it was a picture of an alt-right comic sam hyde um who everyone is like he he's said that he has ties to the neo-nazi movement and um they say that this is a photo that people use as a meme after a mass shooting and it comes from hyde and then so she posted the photo of him with him on the shirt, then she deleted it. Posted another photo where it was like prop, and it was like her, and then she put like a bunch of eye roll emojis. And I just don't understand because that feels like such a niche thing for her to have come across that you couldn't not have known what 
that was or what his mm-hmm. ties or how he was tied to this movement or in what way. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm interested to know what you guys thought about this when you saw this. Um, I think, well, for starters, I think Doja Cat has done some peculiar things before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think that she has never not had questionable politics. Um, okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's and fair. mind you, I am a, like, I have been a fan of Doja Cat and been a fan of Doja Cat for a long time. I was listening to No Police in college, so like I, oh yeah, I love remember that SoundCloud bad yeah. era, very yes. thick wig. <laughs> I remember that version of those, and I, and I love like the creativity that she has right now. But like I mm-hmm. said, like the politics of it um, has always been kind of questionable, and there are some like creative decisions that I think that she makes that don't always land, and mm-hmm. um, definitely. I think the thing is, is that where she's been able to like reach in her career, I think she's actually okay with leaning into this idea that, Mm. you know, I'm going to do like, I, I I guess you could almost liken it to like this Kanye-esque era. Like I know people are not going to like this shit and I'm okay with it. But even still like a while back, um, Mm -hmm. it kind of made me like ruminate on, um, parasocial relationships right right like because she had told her fans like i don't know y'all she said like, i don't know y'all um, i don't yeah. like you and so you don't know like me. i think that she does these things and i think it takes an immense amount of confidence to do knowing that this is going to cause conversation and still not care and continue to do things that may be seen in poor taste to other people you know absolutely mm-hmm. i like yeah. that comparison to the kanye era of just like I'm going to do what I want. It doesn't matter. Um, But you're right. I think it does show the separation between like who we know them to be as an artist and what we appreciate to like who they actually are. Yeah. And I think um, I've actually had this conversation a few times with like friends and colleagues and stuff like that. I think um, and it may sound a tad bit like, you know, narcissistic, maybe a little morbid, negative, Mm -hmm. whatever may have you. I don't genuinely think any of these celebrities are good people. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think that, like, because at some point or another, whether yeah. you have been a fan or not, there's going to be something that you may not like or agree mm. with. But then I think what keeps me grounded and brings me back down to earth, I don't know them and they don't know me. Exactly. Mm. So that's how I have to remind like, myself all the yeah, time. Yeah. And I think that with the rise of social media, it's made us feel so much closer to these people, but we still don't know them. So, not at all. You know, not and at we're all. still like, and I guess the Beyonce effect, it's like we're only seeing what they allow us exactly. to see, what they want us to see. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's where it feels a lot of the things that Doja has done mm-hmm. and is doing is very calculated, strategic. She wants to put these things out there True. for yeah. people to see, you know? Yeah. No, I totally, I 100% agree with that. It does, though, however, just make me go, like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you could have done any fucking thing else, but you gotta, you gotta, like, really? You know, I feel like that about all of her most recent decisions. And I'm like, girl, I already bought tickets for the tour. Um, <laughs> I don't think I got any insurance, so I can't return it. Like, like what's what what you put it out there and do? Because mm-hmm. I remember back in 2016, speaking of Kanye, 
I bought tickets for the St. Pablo tour. A week before the show day, he gets on stage and starts ranting about Trump and leaves the show after 20 minutes. Is she going to do that? So I think the thing is, the degree of separation is actual like mania and like mental health. And oh, then like Dosha Cat just trolling. Yeah, like people. that's true. That's like, true. Because it's like she's just doing this, yeah, not responding, knowing that it's causing like an uproar and yeah. just going about her life. You know? Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, that's true. That's very true. She is a huge fucking troll. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Da, da, da. Oh, this is I actually want to talk about this. Okay, so Nadira Simmons is dropping mm-hmm. her first book, First Things First, Hip Hop Ladies Who Changed the Game. Um, in the description reads, First Things First reframes the history of hip-hop, but this time, women are given credit for their trailblazing achievements that have left an undeniable impact on music, period. Can I just, like... No, yeah. Congratulations to her. That's, like, incredible. I remember when we interviewed her um, back earlier this year, and she was like, I'm working on something, and I've been working day and night, and I can't say, but it's so exciting. And this is what it is! Yeah, that's super dope. I'm really excited to read it. That is so cool. I hope you all pre-order your pop already i know i did um i'm very excited about that mm-hmm. um okay let's move into new music oh, rest i care about okay yeah, so there's like a ton of new music was there anything that like stood out to you guys that you're like i love that i really hate that like you had a strong reaction to new music yeah i really enjoyed maya the dawn's ep i thought it was okay. so good okay um, Talk about it, it. it felt like i think the nostalgia of it of like the samples like you know uh, touch my body um i can love you better like it just felt like very reminiscent to me and so i think that's why i felt like a connection but it's like she put her own spin to it like i love the like strong new york accent in there as well but i really enjoyed the album or, or the ep and um i'm excited to see how it like, kind of ages over time Okay, that's cool. I definitely, I didn't get through the album. Um, I listened to like a bunch of songs and I was like, okay, this is cute. Like, I, I really like it. I really love her confidence on it. And, you know, I really like love that she's putting out work. I'm excited to hear it live because I'm going to see them this Girl. weekend. She, uh, her and Flo Millie on Sunday. So I'm like, let me hear it live. I know that's going to change my opinion because True. I always love to hear like music live and, and like have like a, oh my God, I love this <laughs> But I feel like it didn't really stand out, stand out to me. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was fine. But I don't know if I was like, I feel like I need to go back and listen to it again. Um, I feel that. What about you, Shelby? Were there, was there any music here, any new music that's released that you're like, I love this. I hate um, anything. Cleo Soul. Okay. Her project was so good. It's so, like, relaxing and peaceful and calming. Love that. I think, okay, to, like, bring back my point about, like, aging out, like, I realized that, like, I, the club bangers, I'm not playing them. Oh, yeah. The grown and sexy, Um, grown and sexy. And the crazy thing is, it's not even, like, a grown and sexy. Like, I just truly enjoy, like, music that is, like, calm. Yeah. Um. Because it's like even if it's not like an R and B vibe, like a Cleo Soul mm-hmm. or um, who else am I thinking of? I can't remember her name. Uh, even if it's not like Cleo Soul, uh-huh. I think my like rap kind of not alternative. I listen to like a lot of Larry June, um, okay, yeah, 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 Worthy. Yeah, so it's like I, I've been on like the 
uh-huh. drinking my water, minding my business. Absolutely. Vibes, Absolutely. So, Love yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's move into our, our main topic, which is interviewing you. Um, so tell us, like, how did you get your start? Like, why this? Why did, how did you end up here? Um this is kind of a loaded question. So I know. Just I, answer it in like however you feel. Like whatever. Um so journalism has always been a passion of mine. I started I actually my love for journalism like dates back to like middle school. I used to want to be on TV and then oh, I, love that. I was like, I don't want to be on TV anymore. I'd yeah. love to just be behind the scenes and so I kind of connected with writing yeah um, I had always been told that I was a great writer like throughout middle school high school and so um on the other side of that my passion has always been um music uh I've loved like music in all facets um hip-hop is kind of like where I like planted my roots but I still like love R&B I love jazz I love a little bit of everything and so um with that I kind of moseyed my way into just like writing about music I had a blog in college where I just wrote exclusively about music and so um I kind of like grew sort of a community sort of an audience from there and um after that like it grew and grew and grew and so I started freelance writing um and then I landed a job locally in Houston at the Houston Chronicle. That was my first full-time gig writing. And I covered nothing but like art, culture, and music over there, which was really cool. And something I can say, um, working for like the city's largest newspaper, um, journalism is very much still a very like lily white industry. And so it was cool as a black woman being able to I guess, kind of like infiltrate that and really talk about things that I felt were important and were clearly important to other people as well. So yeah, I really um, enjoyed that. And I continue to kind of like build platforms there. Um, and then after the Chronicle, I landed at Houstonian Magazine, uh, where I wrote there for almost two years. And then after that, got laid off. And then I started freelancing. Everybody, <laughs> Journal- both in, of us. <laughs> in journalism, it's literally par for the course. So yeah. it's fine. Um, got laid off there. Then I went back into freelancing, which was really really fun. I got to work for OK Player for a little while. Oh, worked with yeah. them um, right before they closed their doors, which was also really yeah. sad. And then um, with the help of a very good friend of mine, I landed at Essence Magazine, which is where I'm at right now. And I am the associate editor. But to kind of rewind that story a little bit, um, after I um, finished undergrad, I got my graduate degree and I created my thesis around this idea that Houston deserved to have a hip hop museum. And so from my thesis, I kind of, leverage that and mm-hmm. actually you know filled out the paperwork and started like taking all the necessary steps to build a nonprofit, and yeah. then it became this living and breathing thing yeah. and so we successfully hosted three exhibitions already um mm-hmm. in my bio you said it out loud but we've worked with nike before there's a pair of shoes you probably can't see it in the back like in my background um no but i believe you 
It's right. Okay. Oh, it's here. Yeah. I feel yeah. Uh, I got the opportunity to work with Nike and they created um, a 40th anniversary Air Force One. And yeah. it's a Houston version of that shoe. Oh. And so I got to kind of collaborate on that, which was fun. That's so cool. Um, I worked with Universal Music Group, Def Jam, a handful of things, mm-hmm. just doing a lot of like really cool artsy things in the city. Yeah. So that's kind of my passion project outside of my my day job. But Yes, that is um, me. I don't that's even awesome. know if I answered your question. No, yeah, you know, that's an awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I was about to say it. That's an awesome yeah. story. And like, um, you know, I studied communication in school as well. So definitely have like a heart for, for journalism yeah. there as well. Um, and I think especially, you know, you talked about um, growing up in Houston and there's so mm-hmm. much culture that goes into Houston. And I'm sure even like similar to Dallas, there's like subculture there yeah. as well yeah um so you talked about like your love of journalism how do you feel like you fell in love with hip-hop i think it's super easy to um see the influence within yeah. houston but what kind of gave you that introduction of falling for rap music so interestingly enough my first love like in terms of music wasn't actually hip-hop. okay um it was jazz um, oh okay and so like my parents were very big like r&b like neo soul types mm-hmm. okay and so i was introduced very early on to like the donny hathaways the mm-hmm. erica badus the mm-hmm. Scotts, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and in so many ways like uh, those artists while they are you know musicians they're also very like they can wax poetic, you know? Absolutely, and right. So <laughs> that was kind of my segue a little bit into hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And so the first artist that I grew into loving when it came to hip-hop was A Tribe Called Quest, which was kind of yes. like... Yes, yes. It made a lot of sense that, like, that was kind of, like, my next, like, foray That feels like a very music. natural progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. And, and it was. And so I actually wrote a paper on them in college, too. Oh, that's um, so cool. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of, like, my foray into hip-hop. And so from there, I think my taste kind of just grew. And seeing yeah. that we're all like the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the blog era was so like, oh yeah, it truly shaped and informed like oh, who yeah. I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm super. If there was any music I was excited about coming out, it's Wale because he's dropping an album. He right yes, I can't um, wait. But yeah, like there are a lot of artists we kind of grew up on. And I think like looking back on it, we were so very spoiled with the amount of like great music that we got. And Mm -hmm. so that, like I said, like that truly like shaped and informed like who I am. Um, Houston has always kind of been in the foreground of, you know, the work that I enjoy doing today because it's my hometown and I've lived here my entire life. And there is a lot of like rich culture here. But, mm-hmm. like, truly, like, getting into the meat and potatoes of, like, what Houston rap is, what Houston hip-hop is, like, mm-hmm. what that culture really kind of consists of has um, taken some time. And the reality is it's still more everything. Of course um, not. And I think that's kind of where my journalistic skill kind of, like, can seep in into, like, my passion project as well. Because yeah. I want to be able to tell those stories. I want to be able to talk to these people. I want to be able to do these things mm-hmm. because um, 
I think at face value, when you think of Houston and you think of music, yeah, there's kind of I don't want to even say like a Mount Rushmore, but a but lot I know of, what you mean. like, <laughs> like staples, staples for sure, yeah, yeah. names that like, come up. There are signature names that you're gonna get. You're gonna get a Beyonce. You may or may not get a DJ Screw. You know, yeah. depending on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna get a little Kiki. You're gonna get those uh, Slim Thug, Paul. Like you're gonna right. get those names. And while those names obviously deserve to have a light shine upon yeah. them, there's still like an underground right. Um, right. Yeah. era of Houston hip hop that doesn't always get as yeah. widely acknowledged and they have kind of set the tone and set the pace for yeah. like what a lot of the music we love today mm-hmm. is. And you read it in my bio, but I, I think like the biggest thing that I really enjoy doing is being able to champion that yeah. um, mm-hmm. in conversations like these or in my writing and stuff like that, because um, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper is Scarface. And yeah. the reason why we know Wiz Khalifa today is because of Devin the Dude. Yeah. These are people that are from Houston, Texas. And it's yeah. like that is pertinent information that I feel like should be shared. That's lineage. That's absolutely. Lineage. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, I feel like in hip hop, it's all so connected, you know, yeah. like this and there are that. a lot of like linkages and yeah. a lot of things are tied to one another. And, absolutely. um, it, it's kind of like a knowing your history, but it's like when you think of like hip hop largely like on this like massive scale, especially in like the 50 years of hip hop, like right. originally originating in New York and stuff like that. Houston is actually very largely a part of that family tree, but you're not always going to hear people say that. Right. Yeah. So. And so I have a question for you then. I mean, you essentially answered like what makes Houston hip hop so special, but I yeah. want, I want to know, like given this like, huge like year that hip-hop is having celebrating mm-hmm. 50 years and everything about how they're until i think the hip-hop uh bt hip-hop awards they've been very largely like left out you know mm-hmm. of these celebrations and mm-hmm. uh, of this like huge huge milestone about how you mm-hmm. feel about that and like how how can we go about honoring southern hip-hop in um, houston and like atlanta think, and things like you know um, in a good way to to answer the first part of your question, it's like I'm shocked but not surprised. Houston mm-hmm. has been kind of like the bald headed stepchild of like hip hop in a lot of ways. Okay. And it's like don't get me wrong, like Houston gets like reverence, but I think right. Houston largely gets reverence and I think it's kind of it's a problem from the inside almost because mm-hmm. it's like Houston has this Southern ingenuity that runs like through it's like hip hop scene. Like everybody in Houston, New York rappers were signing the major, major labels and Houston rappers didn't have to do that. Like they mm-hmm. were okay. comfortable selling music out of the trunk of their cars and yeah. can still like run up a million doing that versus signing yeah. to a label and giving away some of your money, some of the rights to your music, all of that stuff. Right some of your publishing. Um, and because of that, it's like, I, Slim Thug, Paul, like these rappers could still sell out a show today in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've been very like close quarters in that way. Like it's very familial out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's very like family-like, I would like to say. Because what's so interesting about Houston and Houston like rap, Houston music in general, 
um, is that everyone kind of has some story or some encounter yeah. with these like you know rap legends that still yeah. actually live here in the city. Like we and have, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we have like access to these people on mm-hmm. a yeah. regular basis, and what's so cool? This is just like an anecdote mm-hmm. off to the side, but. Um, my sister went to middle school. My older sister went to middle school with Solange, and this oh, is wow. before Beyonce blew up. Yeah, she would tell everybody in the school that my sister was famous. No one believed her, but my <laughs> sister did. And it's yes, like, where like it, it's very kind of like that's crazy, right? Yeah, no, and, yeah. Um, at any given point, you could see like a Mike Jones at yeah. a gas station. You yeah. Know? And I think it's it's because like these artists still live here. Like they could go to an LA, mm-hmm. they could go to a New York, but there's something they don't special. Have to. Yeah, like Houston is it's home for a lot of people. Yeah, you know? yeah. that's beautiful. And I think you talking about how you know um, familial it is mm-hmm. in Houston, and um, about how you still have access to these artists, and you have like done work with some mm-hmm. of these artists in the Houston, Texas hip hop museum. Like, can you talk about that? Yeah, so I've worked with a lot of Houston artists on like one account or another. It's hard to even like keep up or remember. I'm sure. Yeah, that's like even happened. But um, I I've been like so graciously able to enter this. I guess what you could almost call like a sacred space, right? Mm-hmm. All of these rappers are like largely famous. They still yeah. live in Houston and yeah. they've kind of like let me in a little bit more into their like lives personally and professionally. Yeah. And it's um it's it's so nice because there are like you have artists, you have rappers like Zero mm-hmm. who doesn't do any interviews at all for that matter but he wanted to talk to me and it's like that is meaningful and yeah. that is also like a feeling that will never like that you can't you can't replace mm-hmm. that honestly right. so um it, it's been like a gradual like build up but I think I've kind of earned the respect of a lot of them now 100 it's, it's very easy to get them on the phone should i need them oh, for something good. um but it's it's all a labor of love and yeah. i think um houston loves houston yeah and yeah. so yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't take much to you know really get them to be on board with the project. So. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I really do love that. I think that really speaks to the testament one of like, you know, um, the environment that you're able to create where folks feel comfortable to Absolutely. be able to share their stories Thank with you. you. Um, but, you know, also touching, like you said, Houston loves Houston. I think that's the Southern charm of me <laughs> growing up in the South where yeah. it's like, I don't know, it like, I, I'm sure you feel the same way about, um, Houston that I feel about Dallas is like Dallas isn't that that big it's it's pretty small like you'll mm-hmm. run into folks all yeah, the time at it's, any point in time at any, any point in time and but, it doesn't even have to be anything major like you no know, yeah like, it's nothing crazy Glenn B just opened up a restaurant and at any I given day like you could see him there you know so and um, have you tried it I have I've tried the burger a few times um so it's good Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I had. I probably had the burger more than most Houstonians have. Oh. I've 
had it. Well, I, I've interviewed him a couple okay. times for mm-hmm. it, so like his team has always like me with the record. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's dope. That. Well, like you know, it sounds like you have uh, some really cool things going on within um, the hip hop museum. Can you talk a little bit about like? what's to come with the exhibits that you put on it. Yeah. I'd also appreciate hearing a little bit about your past exhibits. Like, mm-hmm. were there any themes that you presented on yeah. um, lessons learned, growing pains? Um, so I will start with what we've done first. Sure. Um, so we've done the three exhibitions we've done thus far is uh, we started with Screwdemic. Sorry. Couldn't remember. We started with Screwdemic mm-hmm. and that was in 21. Mm-hmm. That was our very first exhibit. Uh, lots of growing pains there. Um, but it was it was largely a success. Um, okay. It was very fun. I think I enjoyed the process of bringing this to life more than like, you know, the success of it. Yeah. But I learned a lot from that first exhibit. Um, needed to get like security and a lot of different things like mm-hmm. after that but of course like you know growing pains right um our second exhibition was Flabtopia which was centered okay. around like car culture in Houston and so we enlisted a lot of cars a lot of like car centric artwork okay. um, yeah. from a lot of uh like artists here in Houston and I think one of the like the beauties of like um, me doing you know the museum is that um contrary to like your more traditional museum mm-hmm. we are giving like shine to the artists that are genuinely shooting in the hood yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah. like the stuff that you're not going to get at maybe like a fine art museum is right, the stuff right. that we like to put on display because um Sometimes, especially in the fine art, contemporary art space, there's not a light, an, enough light or any light at all mm. um, shined on, you know, artwork that isn't super academic, that doesn't yeah. have, mm-hmm. like, these yeah. things are still very, like, it's cultural work. Right. But it's also cultural work in the lens of the people who see it that way. Right. right. And so it's mm-hmm. like. I think more people are beginning to see the value in it now. Mm-hmm. And um, in a lot of ways, I feel like what I have done has been kind of like a springboard and a launch pad for a lot of artists to get in those more coveted spaces. Okay. But I kind of appreciate being more of this like grassroots effort because um, there still needs to be a space for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there needs to be a space where people can see this artwork, like they can see slabs on Slab Sunday. Yeah, um, they can see like what you know Houston looks like yeah. outside of you know the the four walls of like downtown and midtown. Right, you know, right, like, right. Of course. Um, you know, really like the black and brown, like black and Latinx communities, like what life is for them. Right. And yeah. So. Yeah, that's so cool. And what? So then, what do you? What is next for you guys? If you can share anything at all, sure. Yeah. Um. So about what's next, we're actually doing um a pop up exhibition, a two day pop up exhibition at Prairie View, 
uh, next month. Oh, cool. Um, cool. So we're going to be doing some really cool things there. Um, going to be activated there. And I will also be like hosting a panel discussion there, which will mm-hmm. be pretty cool. Um, and then we're also like working on um, planning a movie screening. Um, there is, so I'm sure you guys are somewhat familiar with 2D movies. Yes. Um, Uh, Yeah. So there, a long time ago, there was like a very like offbeat film that was shot in Houston with Houston rappers in it. It's called The Dirty Third. And so our um, intention is to showcase. Is it still on TV? Yeah, you can find it on TV. Oh, then I'm going to Um, watch this. I'm going to watch this. It it never was initially on TV, but it was just like, you know, a shoestring budget film that kind of like you could find in Walmart on DVD. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. But you can stream it on TV. But um, the beauty of it is that it had like DJ Screw in it. It had Slim Thug. Oh my god! And it's like, um, so we want to do um, we want to screen the movie, but also do an artist talk with the director of the film. Yeah, because he also lives in Houston, of course. Of course. And so, um, just getting you know more insight from him about like you know the creation of this movie and what brought it to life. So. I love it. Well, it sounds really cool. That does sound so cool. I, I'm like going to watch this. I'm going to find it on Tubi. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Shelby, for like coming and talking to us. Yeah, appreciate all your insight and yes. like sharing your experiences. Like, I think it's super cool to have a like a young person like yourself being yeah. at the forefront of how hip hop is continuing to evolve and especially mm-hmm. from like a Southern lens personally. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So thank you for talking with us today. Yeah. Of so at the end of the show, we always do a music rec where we just like, you know, uh, give a recommendation of like a black female rapper. Um, so we can start mm-hmm. off if you want. And if you have one, you can join in. Do you have one, Brie? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, mine is going to come from the Maya the Dawn um, EP. It's in your hands featuring Ty Dollars. Okay. Um, and mine is going to be um Asian Doll No Exposing. Um I love okay. that song. I love Asian Doll. And she's also she's from Dallas. So, you know, close to you. <laughs> um, uh, do you have one, Toby? Um, yeah, so I'm obviously going to champion a Houston artist. Yeah. Um, so Ken the Man. Yep. Um, we love Ken the Man. Can I curse on here? Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, just making sure. Um, back to hoeing. Love it. Okay. Yeah. It Love is it. My recommendation. Love okay. it. Well, thank you so much uh, for you. joining us. Everybody, make sure you check out the amazing work that Shelby is doing, not just Houston Texas Hip Hop Museum, but also at Essence. And thank we'll you. catch you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Where My Girls At, brought to you by Textured Air a brand dedicated to celebrating Black girl culture, past, present, and future. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It really helps. You can find us on Twitter at WhereMyGirlsAt2 and Instagram, WhereMyGirlsAt underscore TH. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, Does It Hold Up, The Blacklist, and all the other content we offer on our website, TextureDare.com. Until next time.